gosh, I don't even have, know how to delve in after all of that. Jeez. Um, <clears throat> face first. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's another C word. Cunnilingus. <laughs> Candlelingus. Candlelingus. It should be the Candlelingus. <laughs> so I'm supposed to lick it? <laughs> It's a podcast with a guy and a guy and a guy and a dog and a pinhead, <laughs> which is smacking the dog in the butt from my perspective. <laughs> well, to Ando's or, perspective, he's headbanging. Yeah, yeah. he's this headbanging on the dog's butt. My 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 Funko pinhead is headbanging along with the music. And now the dog is seems annoyed <laughs> that he has been woken, and now he's licking his butt. <laughs> what was that that was banging my butt? <laughs> Funko Pinhead with one now point of articulation. Chewing one leg while digging into his ear with the other leg. Dog That's is multitasking. Genius dog. I'm Mike. I'm Craig. Here we are. Woohoo! Put Pinhead back in his Nerdburger mug <laughs> where he sits. <laughs> With his uh, his head pins barely poking out the top. Ow! He's almost perfectly sized to hide inside put, that put mug. Put your palm on top of there, you get poked with the head pins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, we sound like a bunch of old farts. Ah! <sighs> <sighs> com- complain about our... <laughs> Conditions and illnesses and aches and pains. I'm you, I'm still sick. How'd you hurt? How'd you hurt yourself, Craig? I sat down. <laughs> <laughs> Not even I got up. I no, sat down. No. Well, my favorite response for that is I had breakfast. <laughs> How did you hurt yourself after breakfast? My favorite response That's is amazing. I don't know. I was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk to. Our, Our guest. guest. Welcome back, Endo. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure to be on Nerdburger. It's always one of the highlights of my week. You can ask Katie May every time that I uh, that I leave on one of my days to come here. Um, and today was before my work shift. Um, she, she always had this big smile on her face, like it's going to be Nerdburger today. It's going to be Nerdburger today. And then later, when you come home. I'm all excited. Utterly disappointed. I'm happy. No, oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, great. That's awesome. Well, that was <laughs> oh. the best part of my day. <laughs> well, considering it was a work shift, yeah, that, that, it's a kind of a low bar to set. <laughs> well, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Oh, that's Katie nice. gets excited for you. Yeah, I mean, as a matter of fact, she, uh, when I was uh, coming from, um, from work to go have lunch before um, coming here, she actually told me to tell you guys. She says, "Hey, so hey Hi. from Katie May." Hi, Hi Katie, Katie May. <laughs> and then you walk out the door, and she goes, "He's gone for two hours." <laughs> <laughs> no, because every couple needs time apart. Oh, and we have. She was actually at work today too. Oh, she sure. works at the farmers market down in the square. So, really, was, yeah, she was going home this from square? work. Yeah, the square Mary down here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The Great. square, Mike said, nodding his head in yeah, the general like, direction. Yeah, like anybody square. can tell. Yes, yes. Not really? 
who is she working for at the, at the farmers uh, market? Just the farmers market in general does the like helps with directing traffic and helps the owner go around and deal with the vendors and stuff. Just a little bit of helping out with most stuff. <laughs> Sweet. We so, like the farmers market people. Yeah, they're so, they're great people. So last week we had and uh, uh, Josh, Josh, who's who's taking care of a an abandoned kitty cat that was <laughs> blind from infections. Yeah. That's getting better. Not blind. That's eyes good. are open. That's good. Um, and now we've got Ando, whose whose wife Katie May is like helping people make the farmers market happen, so people can get nutritious food, mm-hmm. giving back to the community. Oh, you and me suck, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we no. don't do anything. Oh, wait, wait. We do. We provide this podcast free of charge for seven years every That's single right. Wednesday. Wow, wow. That that. Well, hey, you know, for some people, that's priceless. Yeah, you can you can feel good about that, Craig, and I will continue <laughs> to not care. <laughs> That's my money. Because I, I am not responsible for doing anything for anyone. Not, not even for himself. <laughs> <laughs> I have people for that. Yeah. Well, when you can do that, that's nice. <laughs> and I and it is nice because I have people to do a lot of different things. Mike doesn't mow his own lawn. You have people for that. I, I mowed my own lawn until the lawnmower died, and I don't, then I got people. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't bake. I don't bake food. I don't. You know, I don't bake. I don't make desserts. No, you have Whole Foods. Highly skilled people. Highly skilled Whole Foods people. <laughs> Whole Foods Bakery to do that for you. Yeah, and that's organic too. <laughs> food, food, food. Often is. ultimately, this is a cooking show, right? <laughs> So don't get me started on that whole thing. I have to deal with <laughs> have to deal with Instacart customers who you know who get all picky about like if the organic thing they asked for is not in stock and I try to replace it with something not organic. Like no, if it's not organic, just never mind. I'll get a refund. And it's like you realize that's a scam, right? Organic isn't what you think it is. It's not yeah. really actually any healthier, there's, guys. Come there's, on. There's no regulation as far as yeah. Uh, what, what it's just a what word referred to as organic. It's a word on a package. Means. Yeah. But people get really, really picky about that with their groceries. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Oh, sure. Do you ever give people the crappy grapes? No. Like when you go to get produce or something, you pick out the stuff that's like, man, eh, these tomatoes are a little shriveled. No. As a matter of fact, <laughs> when I go grocery shopping for Instacart, especially when it comes to produce, I shop like I'm shopping for myself. I get Good the man. best possible thing I can for everybody. Well done. Hooray! <laughs> um... Well, we've got you here, and mm. I'm staring at a screen. <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to get to that first. Why? Why? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm staring at a screen here, and we've got a little something that we're going to share. Ooh. We are. We are. So, so why don't dive you right set in. Set us up, Ando, because so I've been waiting on this now for a while. <laughs> it has been okay. So people who know, uh, who know, uh, listeners who have heard my other episodes of this podcast know I'm working on another podcast, a, uh, a radio drama fiction called Shadows of a Dark Past, love letter to the old TV show Dark Shadows. And for over a year, I have been, you know, announcing this. And over a year ago, we uh, released a uh, a trailer, a teaser to give people an early glimpse. We played it here on the show over a year ago. Yep. Well, um, in that year, we have uh, recorded the entire first season, the raw audio. I think I mentioned this last time. We're yep. officially in post-production now. Well, one of the things that has come out of post-production is that we now have a second trailer. And the second trailer, unlike, you know, just kind of throwing some stuff together, this, this is an actual 
fragment of a fully edited production scene. Oh, boy. So when you get to the episode this is in, which this is part of episode seven, if anyone cares when we get to that point, um, this is what you will actually hear. And so, um, Mike, if you will please play this. Here we go. Uh, If there's one thing this recording can't convey properly, it's a smell coming from that place. You think something died in here? There's someone? Hmm. No, that is not the scent of human death. Decay, yes, and decades of confined, unmoving air. Perhaps animal death, but no man has died here. How on earth are you not choking on this stench? I would rather not go into detail on why I have smelled the things I have, but I assure you, there are things that reek far worse than this. Let us enter. Uh, I already regret this just for the smell alone. The dust is a thick carpet on the floor. I can see that. Toby, if we are to accurately record this experience to be relived later, as you wanted, it makes sense to narrate what we see and do. Uh, yeah, right, no. This part of the house is totally devoid of furnishing and decoration. But every surface is coated thickly with dust their insect and vermin carcasses in piles in the corners. Ugh, revolting. I told you something died in here. Long ago, Toby. Long ago. That doesn't make it any less creepy. This appears to have once been a sitting room. (laughs) I wonder how often the Claytons whiled away their evenings playing parlor games telling stories in this very room. Uh, hey, Andrew, the monologue isn't helping. It's just an empty room. Very well. We will proceed to the main hall. There are several doors here. I will check these on the left. Toby, you check those on the right. Right, great, sure. Nope, nothing in here. Ugh, really stinks in here. There's something all over the floor. Shadows of a Dark Past, coming spring 2020. To a podcast what was in the you. room? What was in the room? <laughs> well, did you hear the bats? Yeah. <laughs> what was on the floor? Probably the bat guano. I, oh. I imagine a thick, a thick coating of poopy. <laughs> yeah. So I know that the you you probably could tell one of those was was me as as yes. Andrew the vampire. Uh, the other one you hear you heard me uh, mention Toby. Toby. That's uh, Toby Clayton. He is the youngest member of the Clayton family, who are kind of the main. Uh, 
focus of the show. So he's just and this was the, their old house. Yeah, basically, there's the house they live in, and then this is the house that their like ancestors built and the has been abandoned for a manor. long time. Ah. Basically, for Dark Shadows fans, this is the old house. Um, I call it the first home because it was the first home the family lived in when they settled on the property, but nobody has lived there now for a very long time. And, and for, for reasons. reasons that you don't know yet, and <laughs> I won't spoil. Be full of creepy stuff. <laughs> it smell bad. Real bad. <laughs> So, Fun. there you go. Awesome. That was professional. <laughs> yeah. I dug it. Well, I'm glad to see the smiles over there. Um, I think soundscape you've do, do uh, you, created there. Do you know what we're looking at roughly for uh, like number of episodes, episode length? Oh, like? the, the number of episodes, I definitely can tell you for sure. There are going to be a total of 15, and that's kind of divided okay. up between 10 what you would call main episodes, and then five what... I'm trying to call bonus episodes, but that kind of gives like a uh, maybe not the uh, right word. Well, it gives an impression that it's just extra stuff that you don't really need. And it's not really that because everything that's in a bonus episode is important. It's just the way I look at it is there are things that move the story forward, but would break up the narrative of the episode that they would come in. And so there are kind of uh, additions to that narrative that are just kind of, you know, off to the side little okay. side tangents and as far as the length of the episodes the main episodes this the first season things are a little on the shorter side uh the main episodes are going to range between like 15 and 25 or so minutes um bonus episodes maybe 10 or fewer minutes and then uh as i've already started working on the second season those are going to be longer closer to more standard traditional length but still even if they're only 15 you know 15 minutes 15 of them it's round about three to three and a half hours total worth of content. And okay. speaking of that, as a matter of fact, that's a nice segue. I just nice. I just shared, well, as of the, the day of recording this, so by the time, you know, it'll, it'll have been a few days, um, I, I shared a link to, uh, I've talked about how when we are ready to go live, one of the things, I've, we, we recorded the entire first season, and then we're going to, like, dribble them out, but we're going to need to get some crowdfunding to do the, uh, the initial, like, a, um, hosting word i was looking for and um we're going to do an indiegogo for that and there is uh the campaign for that is not live yet but they have what's called a pre-launch page which we do have live now um where you can enter your email your email address to get a notification as soon as we go live now why would someone want to do this perhaps well regardless of how much one could contribute to this because there will be three different support tiers for the indiegogo even all the way down to the lowest support tier what uh, that will get you is access to the entire first season as soon as we go live. So that means that you can binge it if you want to and not have to wait like a plebeian for the for everything <laughs> to be released one episode at a time. You can just you binge the whole thing at once. You don't have to wait like a sucker. Exactly. And it's if you less throw than, a few bucks at the Right. And it's only, show. you know, like three and a half or so hours of commitment. That's not pe- people binge more than that all the time. Uh, so. People will power through that in a couple times. You know, even if you just do it an hour at a pop, like, you know, yeah, exactly. Days, a few days at work. Right? Exactly. I, I, While you're toiling away at something mundane. Exactly. I love a good binge. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. That's the world we live in, Mike. Chock full of binges. <laughs> Just remember, Mike, I've got my eyes on you for Glenn. Remember? You last time you, nah. you, you auditioned for the part of Glenn. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're gonna have my to... name is Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Pero... <laughs> right? That was it. When we when just capture that right out of when the Katie May and I listened to that episode, <laughs> um, I'll, just, I'll just email uh, that to you. <laughs> when we listened to that episode of Nerdburger after it, it went live, she was laughing her head off <laughs> when you were doing your. Oh, my name is Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> It humanizes you if they know your name. Uh, so anyway, Shadows of a Dark Past coming awesome. soon. Awesome. Spring 2020. What's news, Craig? Oh, Spotify's uh, doing a thing. A good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I, I guess it's a good thing. It'll, okay. it'll, there, there will be people that will take advantage of this. Um... Spotify. It's a. They've got playlists that they're putting together here. Um, Mike, you've got a, a puppy dog running around in here. Yeah. Um, do you ever leave music or TV yes. on or something on for the for the for the for the puppy? Sure. When yeah. you're gone. Oh yeah, I know what you're getting. Yeah, at. Spotify is putting together playlists <laughs> for dogs that have been left home and alone, so they have something to entertain them. Um, Dash loves the Beatles. <laughs> Does he? Does yes. he dance specifically? Hey Jude. <laughs> He will also um, he will also uh, listen to Let It Be. Loves hey, Jude. He hates loud noises. Like, hates loud noises, but he'll he it actually calms him down. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about that later. Just like <laughs> don't make it bad. So. <laughs> Comes running into the room. Dash will be happy with uh, just a Beatles playlist. <laughs> um. Yeah, they're launching a uh, a podcast, basically, um, and a playlist uh, featuring soothing music, quote, dog-directed praise. <laughs> so there will be... Who's a good puppy? Who's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Who's a good puppy? Who's a good puppy? Who's a good puppy? Good dog, good dog, good dog. Stories and he's, messages he's, of... He's responding to us right now. Yeah. <laughs> and messages of affirmation and reassurance narrated by actors to alleviate stress for dogs who are home alone. Because... Oh, wait. Do we get Morgan Freeman asking who's a good dog? Because <laughs> yes, please. Who's the good dog? <laughs> well, now that's when Dash realized that... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Everything was going to be okay, and his humans would be home soon. Come here, dog. <laughs> I have something Is Christopher for you. Walken really something that people <laughs> that calms people down? I'm not sure. There might be, for all we know, there's a dog out there that's going to hear this and is be like, oh, oh, oh. Y'all, whoa, they need Keanu Reeves, too. <laughs> Keanu, he's got a soothing voice. He does. I'm, ge- I'm serious. That would be awesome. Just trying to think of what other ridiculous voices would make dog like Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh get- my god! <laughs> Why well, just have him do it with him and uh, what's his face? The uh, the the one that who was Sam in... Kennison? No, no, the one who was in oh, shoot. Uh, he was in Aladdin as Iago. Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Godfrey. Yeah. Gilbert Godfrey. I didn't know why I was blanking on his name. Yes, Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Affleck. Oh, wait. No, they come fired him. Come here, dog. I'm going to take you to California. <laughs> <laughs> now, if they just, now if they, you know, had Mariah Carey. Get on the chopper. The dog's going crazy from the, you know. The high pitch. The high pitch yeah. squealing, yeah. Get down. Look out. Take my hand. Get to the chopper. It's not a tumor. 
Those are my go-to phrases for, for Arnie. Everybody's go-to phrases well, for Arnold. Sit down. Go poop. <laughs> Eat your food. Who's a good dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, Dash is not responding to those, so that would not be a good one. So we'll have to, have to switch yeah, back yeah. to, hey, Jude, don't make it. Dog's like, no, I'm not, I'm not falling for it. You're not the Beatles. <laughs> I may be many things, but John Lennon and I are not. You're not even the monkeys. Ooh, (laughs) I love the monkeys. I do too. That's that is said with Jerry and the pacemakers. (laughs) Said with love in my heart. What else is news, Craig? Um, you'll find this interesting. Having invented capers, the game, the uh, tabletop role playing game that's on Kickstarter right now. Yeah. Get yourself a fancy printed hardcover. Like a really nice one with ribbons and two ribbons, bookmarks and extra printed stuff. Fancy schmancy. Fancy glossy paper. Yeah. Americans are drinking more now than when Prohibition was enacted. (laughs) Finally. It it took. Finally caught up. It took almost 100 years. Yeah. Well, we have entered the 20s. uh, We have entered the the 20s. The next round of the roaring 20s. (laughs) We're all just going to start going to secret bars and just remember uh, uh, organized crime is going to make a comeback. Just remember the password is swordfish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, prohibition um, created. Um, what was the, what was the stat? It, it decreased the number of people drinking, but it cr- increased the number of alcoholics. <laughs> yeah. Because the people, yeah, the people who just like, you know, had a drink here or there were like, Oh, I'll just follow the law and not drink. But then the people who were going to drink, Drank. Really drank. <laughs> and, the- it, and it created more speakeasies. There were more speakeasies halfway through Prohibition than there were legal bars before Prohibition began. I believe it. Totally. Because Prohibition doesn't work. Nope. No matter how it's tried with what substances. <laughs> Are you listing marijuana. people? <laughs> people who make laws. Hey, everybody, the war on drugs has failed. Move along here. Seriously. Let's, let's take care of this crap. Let some people out of prison for having an ounce. Wars on everything fail. That tends to be the case. Yeah. In the late 1910s, war. I'm with you on that. Just before Congress banned profitable. the sale and manufacture <laughs> of alcoholic beverages, trying so hard. Each American teen and adult was downing just under two gallons of alcohol a year on average. On average, like all at once, because jeez, <laughs> they wait till the end of the year and then and on, go, on go, New go, Year's go, go. they pound down two gallons. Three wise men. Care to guess what it is now? 17 gallons. Uh, I'll go with 10 gallons. Like the hat. Okay. Yes. Not Non-prices right rules and a wins. 2.3 gallons. Yes! 500 drinks a year, or nine drinks per week. Nine drinks! Nine. Wow, and since there's seven days in, the, in a week, you got to think there's a couple of uh, double drink nights in there somewhere, too. Yep. How about that? Boozing it up. Boy, howdy. Those Amish, I tell you. Throwing all our averages off. Wait, no, they don't they, oh, they don't drink. Okay, never mind. Actually, beer consumption is down since uh, 1980. It's because it's beer. Slightly. Sorry, beer aficionados. Sorry. Wine and spirits are up, though. <laughs> beer, spirits. Beer is down. Because spirits are up. <laughs> <laughs> Beer is down because people got 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 sick of those IPA <laughs> nuts. 
it's all they could talk about for their for 10 years. Well, you could, somebody was ta- telling you about their, the new beer they were into. It was an IPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're okay. They're fine. But there was, but a, there, there are was a other period, beers too. There was a period yeah. where like, that was like, like every time you turn around, you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a new IPA. Oh, apparently. That's an, that's an Indiana pale ale for anybody. <laughs> yeah. It had it had fallen off India <laughs> from the eighties and nineties. Oh, from the peak in the seventies and eighties, it was up to two point seven five gallons. Yeah, it well, that's because now it's now it's fine. It's back up again. It's because people were doing all that cocaine. They were up later. over prohibit, pre prohibition. <laughs> that's right. Need, need yeah, something to take. Some... Needed something to take the edge off that coke. <laughs> <laughs> Got to balance your uppers and downers, man. Also, I'm taking a bunch of coke, so I'm up at 4:30 in the morning, right, on a Tuesday. <laughs> what else is there to do besides drink? You can't drink all day if you don't start when you wake up. <laughs> Five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> oh, what else is news? Um, Ando, are you are you familiar? With, you're a music person. I am. Are you familiar with Billy? Is it Ellish? Billy Ellis. Uh, I I know who you're talking about, but I am not familiar with her music. No, she's been tapped to to um, write and perform the next James Bond song, the Bond theme okay. for the next. For the next, is it the 25th? Gosh, I don't know. I've lost Bond count. movie that's coming, and I I I wasn't sure if this would be something worth like they you you would all have opinions on, but I was just I found it interesting that, um, you know, I think she's she's popular. She's known. I mean, she's certainly you know she's got she's got a following and, mm-hmm. and like the the younger younger generation kind of knows her, but I don't know that the younger generation is the Bond watching types and generation or anything. I guess maybe with the Daniel Craig know. stuff, but yeah, just it was interesting because like you know when 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 somebody got a Bond like when you know Paul McCartney mm-hmm. did Live and Let Die, Live, uh, Live and Live Let, and let die. die, and yeah. you know like whenever somebody got the Bond theme, that was like it was usually it was like somebody that had been around for a while, it was a really big name. Somewhat, yeah. This was I just found it interesting that someone who's relatively new to the scene and very young. I've, I've listened to some of her songs, and I, yeah. I, I think she's she's very I mean, talented. She's very good. I don't know the years of like release dates of the Bond music versus the careers, but like the, I've used to some that are maybe not like huge, like Cheryl Crow with Tomorrow Never Dies and Garbage with The World Is Not Enough. I don't know how big they each were at the time That's of true. doing those particular I'm, songs. I, su- I suppose I'm kind of hung up on some of the you know the classic well-known yeah, ones. Like, yeah. Like like is it like Paul McCartney doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he is kind of the one of the more well known. There, there were some younger. So, the next one, um, what's it called? Do they say it in here? It's got a crappy title. No time to die. <laughs> Not a terrible title. It's no, it's kind it's of a, right in line with the rest of the James Bond titles. It's a, it's a terrible. It's a terrible name. Um, I have a, <laughs> I have a hard and fast rule. This this is not the quality of the movie. Quality of the movie might be very good, very bad. That that stands on its own merits. The title of the movie, it is a bad title if it includes the word die, kill, or, or moonraker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for a James Bond movie. Yeah, for a James okay. Bond movie. All the all the all the ones with like, you know, license to kill. Okay, we get it. He's he's got a license to kill. I guess the movie is he gets his license to kill as well. So that's kind of, but it's like it doesn't really evoke anything. It's like, oh, he's James Bond. He's got license to kill. You know, they say it in every episode or every, you know, every movie. And there's, like, you know, octopus, live, live, live and let die, live and let die, die another day. You must, you you tomorrow, do a kill. Tomorrow never dies. You didn't hear my joke. 
Yeah. <laughs> I heard your joke. <laughs> he bangs I have, chicks. I have eight chicks. <laughs> yeah, I ate eight of them. Octopussy. Uh, that's what it was. It was ref- that was the eight Bond girls in that movie. I have literally never seen an entire James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, just like the, the ones that like... I have no idea. <laughs> there, there, there are people that are not fans of the the man with the golden gun as mm-hmm. the, as a movie, just like they don't think that's a terribly good one. But that's a good title. <laughs> title is good, but the movie it's evocative. Isn't. It makes me wonder mm, what's that. Yeah, well, it's got you know Herve Villachez in it, so it can't be all bad. Well, and <laughs> yeah, Golden Eye, which Golden Eye, I mean, that was the name of the satellite in the in the thing. Golden Eye is a good name. It's actually a good movie too. That's my yeah. favorite Bond film. But the, I, I personally just think I, I don't like. Generally speaking, I don't like the titles that have "kill" or "die" in them. Hmm. Like, you could do something better. Hmm. Doctor No. Ooh, who's Doctor No? Yeah, that's a good Goldfinger. What the heck is a Goldfinger? That's great titles. I mean, even Octopussy, which is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's a like what? <laughs> How'd they get away with that? The, the, uh, I've actually times, I've actually seen times. that movie, seen Octopussy, and one of the interesting uh, things about that is that uh, there is a there's a line that I don't remember most of that movie, but this line stuck out because I mean I saw it when I was a teenager, and there's one of the there's one of the the ladies in the film who uh, who has like one of the things about Octopussies is actually it's like a, a an emblem that this like syndicate or whatever has tattooed on their bodies in various places and so this one lady asked would you like to see my little octopusy and it's like yeah oh sure wah, wah. thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> like that's low-hanging fruit <laughs> even the audiences in the 1970 whatever like, we get it <laughs> groaned when they saw that oh come on <laughs> i get it there's there's a number of of james bond movie title generators on the web that make fun of the fact that there's kind of generically eh, titles sometimes. <laughs> and so um, The Girl Who Lived, Daylight of Russia, this is just, combi- it basically combines a lot of, like, there's some other words, but it's like words that are already in titles because kill and die and certain things get used over and over again. This is like a random Bond movie name generator. Title thing. generator, license in Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> G- gun eye all one word gun eye. <laughs> specter eye that's all one word mission shot <laughs> the man who destroyed <laughs> that the sounds man. like a, that's pretty that good like a 50s i was gonna say the man who destroyed sounds like a, a classic star trek episode title um a girl with a licensed scorpion <laughs> what is it a Marvel licensed scorpion Wait, a licensed scorpion Lic- or a licensed to scorpion she has a scorpion that is licensed oh okay and then, and the great thing about this particular one too is it actually has like the gun barrel shot, you know, the vid, mm. the, the, the the point of view down the gun barrel, da-da, da-da, and it shows a different da-da. James Bond. Yeah. So th- that one, uh, a girl with a girl with a licensed scorpion is starring Timothy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh, licensed less, to spy, l- lesser loved James Bonds, right? Yeah. Well, he, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, obviously Craig likes okay. this one. This one's got Daniel Craig. Okay, in, okay. In, in the current, gun barrel. Bond. Poison t- all one word. Nice. Poison t- <laughs> License to love. How did t- get in there? <laughs> Remi- with Remington Steel. <laughs> <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. How, how did t- not get in there, Mike? <laughs> it's James Bond. Come on. Double death. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to word. use words that were already in the titles. <laughs> Here's Sean Connery's latest, Orders to Gamble. <laughs> I've got orders to gamble. <laughs> Money penny. <laughs> How 
much how much would you like to gamble, Mr. Bond? Man, these Daniel Craig I would ones. I like to gamble money in pennies. <laughs> these these Daniel Craig ones are knocking them out of the park. Here's a license to shoot forever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, the spy with the golden permit. <laughs> <laughs> Mangold. All one word. Mangold. 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 Starring Sean Connery. Well, of course it is. With a name like Mangold, what other Bond could it be? Well, Sean paging Connery. Mr. Mang- Mangold? Mangold? Well, of it's, course it it's, is. It's Mangold. That's pronounced Mangold. Would you like to have your Mangolded? <laughs> You're thinking of Austin Powers, yeah. gold member. Yeah. <laughs> well, if anyone would get his member golded, it would be Sean Connery. Instructed to, <laughs> instructed to kill last. <laughs> <laughs> Moonfire, starring George Lazenby. Now you see, now you see what the all of these George titles, what Lazenby? they sound. He was James Bond for one movie. Oh, what's uh, what would be an interesting thing to do with some of these is have you know really low rate knockoff you know, James Bond wannabes that have these film titles and MST3K them all, you know? Sure. Because these yeah. all sound like great titles for, well, I guess riff tracks Mo- now. Moonfire. Oh, yeah. a bunch of them sound like, yeah, like... Man dr- gold. They sound like direct-to-video, like, yeah. well, direct-to-video. They sound like direct-to-streaming um, Nick Cage or Bruce Willis action <laughs> movies. <laughs> that, that, Liam Neeson too, maybe. Train fire. You know? <laughs> Wonder what that movie's about. <laughs> I'm guessing it's a fire on a train. I'm tired of all this fire. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Train fire. <laughs> I'm tired of all this mother effing, effing fire fires on, on mother, mother effing, effing trains. Train. <laughs> <laughs> but really calmly. Really, really calmly. You know what? I'm I'm tired of all this mother effing fire on on these these mother effing trains. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm I'm kind of having my fill of it you know i've had enough <laughs> you know let's let's maybe go to town hall and start a petition to stop it you know it's, it's not too much trouble <laughs> now that's the right cadence if you just did the right voice that'd be like the norm mcdonald version of like <laughs> i wasn't thinking about that <laughs> it just kind of t- takes you a while to get there like yeah. norm mcdonald does <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't been thinking about it that way but yeah that does he just, oh. He's the the knockoff Samuel L. Jackson, Norm Macdonald, <laughs> much more low key. Norm Macdonald, that would be good. Like let's like take some, yeah, like take take Sam Jackson's uh, uh, Bible verse, fake Bible verse recitation from Pulp Fiction, and have Norm Macdonald. Just, well, just different actors have yeah. Norm Macdonald recite it, or like, but in their style, you know, mm-hmm. have gold, you know, Jeff Goldblum give it the Goldblum treatment, uh, Gilbert uh, Gottfried. Did you hear that they're making a, a prequel to the Taken movies? Oh gosh, it's called Given. Wah, wah. <laughs> I get it. Shaking his head and rolling laughing, his eyes, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's a uh, uh, a passage I have uh, memorized. Ezekiel uh, twenty five seventeen. I can't do his voice, but I can do his <laughs> cadence. Yeah. The path of uh, the righteous man. <laughs> you got to imagine like a lot of hand gestures sure. as this is going on. And he's, you know, looking up in a way off to the side. Like stroking his chin. Yeah. He's beset on um, all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of the evil man. 
blessed is uh, you gotta go yeah and 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 like this and this is like you know that's a long speech um and and sam jackson kind of plows through it pretty good like imagine that being like a five minute scene with Goldblum can't get through the damn line because he's constantly uh <laughs> in the middle of it just the, gesturing the camera keeps cutting to the person he's talking to yeah just it just like, keeps cutting to tim uh, roth just sitting at the table with his both both of his hands because that's when they're they're at the dining the, di- the diner table and um he doesn't have the gun anymore and jules is pointing the gun at him and, and tim roth is sitting at the table and honey bunny sure. is up there with the gun pointed standing on the counter and i'm standing on the counter and tim roth is on the table with has got his hands flat on the table and he's just sitting there listening to the speech <laughs> I'm picturing the the first time. Oh, no, he no, does no. It. That's no. That's the. He, that's right. He doesn't recite it there. He does. He. That's just him talking to Roth. He later. talks about. The, he talks about the speech. Ives him. You know, and explains up the stuff the that I would say to people. It. And if you heard those what words, he it meant, it meant, I was yeah, about yeah. to bust a cap in your ass. Right. It's he's given that speech to to the guy in the apartment now. That no, I was picturing him. him talking to Frank Whaley. Is it Junior? Is he a Junior? Is it just Frank Whaley? Anyway, um, in the apartment. In the apartment with uh, with um. After the big Kahuna burger, Vincent behind him stuff. in the yeah. kitchen, and he's rolling a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> and there it, with the briefcase. Like, so yeah, it, but but uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum takes so long that Vincent rolls a cigarette, <laughs> lights smokes it, it, smokes it, and then rolls another <laughs> one. Then picks up his gun and bam, 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 bam. <clears throat> or or he only gets like halfway through the monologue. And then the guy from the bathroom comes out and starts shooting. shooting. Yeah. Because <laughs> he got tired of waiting. The guy with the hand cannon. <laughs> when were you going to tell us he was in there? <laughs> Did you see the size of that gun? <laughs> I still have not seen the entirety of that movie. Oh, my God. Now, in, in, in my defense, uh, to be foul, um, there, is, uh, there was a time Katie May and I sat down to watch it on Netflix, but the night we chose to watch it, like years and years ago, um, there was a streaming issue, and the audio and video got out of sync oh, with each no. other, and that is impossible to enjoy watching anything yeah. the audio and video out of sync. We just couldn't watch it, so we stopped it, and we've just never <coughs> gotten back around never to made it. it back. The yeah. great thing about this is you could get caught up on the movie with minimal time commitment, because if you've only seen parts of the movie, you could literally just watch the other parts of the movie <laughs> and put it all together because the whole movie is told out of order anyway. <laughs> True. You don't have to watch the whole thing from beginning to end. You'd be you like, don't. You know, I saw the part with Ving Rhames. Okay, well, you can just skip that part. <laughs> You'll put it together in your head. You'll figure out where that falls in the, in the linear narrative that's not actually presented for you by Tarantino. It's a movie that it's, it, that's actually fun to watch multiple times. Because of that. It's a great movie to just come in on the middle of because you're like, yeah. <laughs> did you miss the beginning? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> trying, to rem- trying to remember which part's the beginning. <laughs> no, I How far into the movie is the actual beginning? I haven't, I haven't missed the whole beginning because I still have the end to watch. Yeah. <laughs> which is actually the middle. <laughs> I think the beginning is the beginning. I think that's chronologically the first scene. Um, Them going to the apartment. Yeah, they go to the apartment, um, and then when they leave the apartment, it the last forward. segment with with Tarantino's character and the wolf and all that—that's what takes place. And then Vincent goes to on the date with Mia, which is from the beginning, right? And then the middle is the end. Yeah, and was lost. <laughs> we'll move on. 
And then you can go watch Jackie Brown, which has a whole bunch of repeat, like where he jumps back in time and starts over. You see like the same the same events take place from three different characters' points of view. I like movies like and that. It does, and it's not immediately apparent. <laughs> like I like movies like where are we? I, I like movies like that. There's one called Vantage Point. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but it's I think I may have. Vantage Point's really Sounds good. Familiar. It's it's an action movie that that it's like you you see some of the action and then like you get to some really big dramatic moment and then you then it like rewinds and you and you like does the whole like explosions in reverse and stuff like that. Oh, sure. and then you go a, to somebody this a, else. Is this and, a Nicolas Cage movie? No, no, what it's actually it? kind of a star studded. It's got among other people Sigourney Weaver and. Um, the guy who was in uh, the guy who was in Lost. Uh, I forget the Matthew act. Fox. Yes, Matthew Fox. And there we go. Dennis Quaid. Oh, you're obviously on IMDb. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just on on Google. Oh well, yes. Vantage Point. It's very good. Cool. And it does that. Like the entire movie, you know, takes it, it covers a, a span of time, probably less than an hour, just sev- from several different people's perspectives and stuff. Sure. Or vantage points. Or vantage points. Yes. Womp, womp. Um, are we good? I have one one more story. Speaking of octopusy, go for it. Gwyneth mm. Paltrow. <laughs> is, She's not uh, asking women to put up. Has has created a new an octopus in a, a new candle to <laughs> sell on her website Goop and is already sold out. Would Would you like to know the name of what of the candle? What the candle is actually called <sighs> is printed on the label on on the candle. No, but something tells me it's going to be hilarious, so lay it on me. Quote, this smells like my vagina. Gwyneth Paltrow's? I'm assuming, because <laughs> it's her company. Prove um. it. <laughs> That's terrible. I, I apologize. <sighs> That's ridiculous. What? Okay. Okay. Um, Jeez, that, that website, man. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, didn't I hear? Does she not have like a a, a Netflix show related to her I this Goop know. brand that she insists on Does pushing, she? despite the fact that like everybody should know that it's just a line of utter horseshit? Like, I mean, <laughs> bunch of garbage, and in some cases potentially harmful to yeah. the people that are buying it. Seriously, I've heard some un unpleasant things that can come from using some of the products well, that she talks about in the way the, that they're the candle that intended. smells like nether regions i guess Acor- according harmless. to the candle because apparently to the, candle. the candle was interviewed news reporters and was quoted as up saying the candle outside of the as it was leaving the office it is a funny gorgeous sexy and beautifully unexpected scent a mix of geranium citrusy bergamot and cedar absolute juxtaposed with damask rose and ambrette seed okay so so where does the vagina come in real quick i'm just i'm fixating i'm fixating on one word in that description can you guess the word (laughs) unexpected that's the one okay yeah (laughs) because i'm wondering how many straight guys or gay women have gone down on their partner and like just like just gotten started and then popped their head up and said, well, that was unexpected. <laughs> Apparently everyone Gwyneth has ever referring dated. to the odor. I thought you were unexpected. going somewhere else with that. <laughs> it's an unexpected. 
I'll tell you what's unexpected. Because Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> vagina smells unlike any other vagina. This is this well, is I, this okay. is the vagina version of your sh- don't stink. Well, okay, so hold like, on a second. You've got a bit, like, my, so Mike, coming Mike your just ass. read the the descriptor of like what scents went into this, and I was just waiting <laughs> for what is going to be the analog for the vagina because like you listed other types of scents, and I'm like, okay, so. Is the name of this candle therefore to signal that it should smell sweet like these, like the scents in the candle, or that somehow this mixture of scents actually replicates the scent what of the, a lady's what, nethers? What the, what the average, <laughs> I guess, whatever that means, really, <laughs> average vaginas would smell like to a person <laughs> and, with average. And we're like looking, both looking expectantly at Mike, and Mike is just like, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying, I couldn't find the original article that I had because something happened to it. And, um, <laughs> but I did read it. And, and if, if I remember correctly, she was, uh, making a scented candle with her scent, scented candle guy, designer guy, the guy that is in charge of the smells. And they, they lit it and smelled it. The smell master. And she didn't like it. And she said, Oh, that smells like a vagina. And then they they laughed and thought that that was funny and that was the basis for the idea for for making. So a she didn't like, like it, her vagina. But because they laughed at her silly joke, they rolled with it anyway. Yeah. So I th- I think she's just doing it to be funny. <sighs> it was a joke. <laughs> well, it the was the worst a... response to doing anything. Because anybody <laughs> who said who uses like a, that, you know, it's an excuse. Seventy five dollar candle that sold out. Of course it did. So I could put something out there that sells out. The joke's not on her. Here's one of this thing. It's available. Now buy it. Okay. So one person <laughs> bought it. It's sold out. Yeah, we don't know how many. Ever how many? Like sold. 20 or something. Yeah, she made three of these. <laughs> sold out. Sorry. Now, now, is that what it smells like before or after you put the hot stone in there? Because <laughs> oh, that was one of her other. Yeah, God. yeah anyway. that's one of the things that anyway. can be harmful. That's it for news. Yeah. And uh, what did you want to talk about? Oh, gosh. How can I possibly follow that up? <laughs> With literally anything. <laughs> well, um, I'm just... How do I you're po- welcome. How could I possibly follow <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle? <laughs> I don't know. What? I'm going to need a moment. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't know. Is there a word that starts with C? We can get some alliteration in there. <laughs> No, we decided we have to bleep that out. In this country, if we were British, maybe not. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. Center. <laughs> cunny. Cunny. Use the word cunny. Gwyneth Paltrow's cunny candle. <laughs> Jeez. As seen on Sammy Peeps. Okay. <laughs> And those broken. I think we might not get to our, our discussion topic here. Well, isn't that kind of the thing that, like, every time I come on the show, you try and see, can you manage to make me get so caught up in the laughter that I just cannot for a moment? And I you got honestly a pretty good wasn't record. trying. Or we could go with Quim. Okay. That's one that was in uh, the Avengers movie. Quim Candle? Um, the Quim Candle. Uh, Quim, yeah. Um, uh, Loki refers to, calls... calls uh, someone a muling quim mm, oh yeah um, and they managed to sneak that one past the censors because people didn't know what the word actually meant <laughs> what it referred to we don't well if anybody could that, loki right? could i guess not i don't know no. anyway. i don't think i bleeped it before so we're, we're good 
Okay. <sighs> so, um, <laughs> gosh, I don't even how to know how to delve in after all of that. Jeez. Um, <clears throat> Face first. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's another C word. Cunnilingus. <laughs> Candlelingus. Candlelingus. It should be the Candlelingus. <laughs> so I'm supposed to lick it? <laughs> like swirl? I mean, what? What am I supposed to do? Don't want to set it on fire. I'm pretty sure my girlfriend would have a problem with that. I'm supposed to put it out with my tongue? That seems like it would burn. Did the dog just get your face? He just licked me right on the lips. <laughs> Good boy. Oh now go back God. to licking your butt. No, oh canine lingus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, words are fun. <laughs> so this is all the rest of this episode's gonna be is just okay, so laughing at we bad were, puns. We were gonna talk Can, about we were gonna talk uh, about remakes, reboots, and oh uh, TV gosh. shows that. Wait, are you okay with candle lingus <laughs> being episode title? <laughs> I could take that as a yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll introduce the topic. We were going to talk about um, remakes, reboots of TV shows, as well as shows that get that uh, that you know that retreatment of uh, of new episodes, new, new seasons years later after sure. the show is oh. done. So, like, re- basically, the idea of revisiting a, a show um, because Ando in particular wanted to talk a little bit revival, well, revival. as opposed to that's reboot. a revival. There, yes. There's the, that's the right R word. Ando yeah. wanted in particular to talk about the the uh, the Netflix um, Lost in Space. The, uh, yeah, season two just dropped a little. Yes, while. which I binged in three sittings because it was awesome, and it was only three sittings instead of two because I had to work and had to keep making myself go to bed. I had to earn money so you could yeah. buy the Netflix. <laughs> well, actually, I uh, uh, my dad is being a super awesome person and is basically letting me and Katie may have a profile in his, so we're not actually paying for Netflix. Yay! Because my dad's an awesome person. I didn't hear anybody say anything. <laughs> what? It, just, <laughs> who is it, this? it all went I to static know. there for like 15 <laughs> seconds. Who are you? Why are you in this room? Get out of here. Person that sounds like our friend. Bring the real Ando back. Okay, here we go. Okay. Now now that the imposter's gone. So I watched, anyway. I watched a few episodes. I haven't watched the whole thing. I watched the second season yet. Like the, the first half of the first season and for some reason never Okay, it. so it's probably not a... But sur- I did watch the old one. It's not a surprise, I'm sure, to anyone who's heard me talk in the past about shows that I like and hear the names like Dark Shadows, 1966 to 1971, Star Trek, 1966 to 69. <laughs> so, like, Lost in Space, which was, okay, 65 to 68, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, which it's, it could did be. Didn't it start in black and white and yes. end up in color? Kind of like yes. Gilligan's Island? Started and in black start, and white with yeah. no doctor and no robot. Yeah. Well, sort of. The, yeah. Well, the, 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 the initial... Uh, bleh. The original pilot did not have Dr. Smith of the robot. That is correct. Um, anyway, so um, I have my, my dad was a big fan of the original Lost in Space, watched it a lot when he was younger. And so when I started getting into my teenage, like I can, you know, I like old TV shows and stuff. Dad um, started getting the discs on Netflix back when, you know, you actually got <laughs> discs through Netflix. Um, and we watched, I watched, um, there, there were three seasons and we watched the first and second season. Um, we lagged out somewhere in the third, but, um, basically I really enjoyed it. I want to start by giving the foundation that it was a good show. Um, Did it ever have an actual proper ending that original series? As stated, I did not finish it. So I am not a hundred percent positive. Um, I, I don't want to guess. I'm not sure. 
And then, of course, uh, back in the 1990s, we got a, a film version. Uh, they, they updated and made a film version. Had Gary Oldman as Dr. Smith. Um, he's, I didn't see that one. It was. It, you didn't miss it. Really? It was. It had some moments, but it was. Yeah. A little, mm. I mean, it was one of those things that it wasn't horrible. I don't want to say it was horrible, but it also wasn't great. And they kind of there were some contrivances to bring in cameos from the original actors that were still alive, um, like uh, Billy Mooney, who played the original Will Smith, played a, a, a time traveled future adult Will Smith, so that it kind of made sense. And, yeah. You know, well, anyway. he's, he shows up in the first episode of this new series. Yeah, yeah but, just a yes, quick cameo yes, as a different yeah. character. Just yes, but the thing is, that's, that's just it. It yeah. was a quick cameo. It wasn't, oh, he's also he's, he, Will Smith in the himself. future. Yeah. yeah. So um, The movie struck me as being an action movie that happened to have a yeah. family in it rather than a yep. family drama that yep. has action. Completely is, agree. Completely agree. Because that's one of the things about the original show was that whether you necessarily liked all the family members or not, the Robinson family, that was the point. Lost in Space wasn't just, oh, it's a sci-fi that's a, that's a family. It's a family drama that takes place in space. The space you know? family Robinson. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> it, was, it was Leave it to Beaver in space. I mean, it was, it was a family story yeah. sure. punctuated with science fiction elements. I mean, and uh, the goofy neighbor. <laughs> sure. Doctor Smith. Who happens to oh, be evil. Oh, pain. Well, and that's uh, that's one of the other things is that that they things happen like in the very very beginning, like in the the first half of the first season. Doctor Smith was definitively an antagonist. You know, he had his fa- his smiling face he put on for the Robinson family, but he was a villain. He was you know not a good person. But then by the end of it, he'd become more this kind of goofy, comical, almost jester character that got, you know, the buffoon that got into all kinds of crazy situations that the family could get out of, you know. Sure. Um, But anyway, so Netflix uh, brought in a a whole new, you know, just started from scratch. And this new Lost in Space, um, I think, is absolutely incredible. I think they absolutely did it right. Um, Some of the things that they had definitely done right is they made – they they inevitably at this point when you're doing a revival you're going to be doing updates i mean you even have movie like the the it uh movie duo still updated the the childhood time frame from the 60s to the 80s you know because the modern audiences are going to be more nostalgic for that time period than the 60s right so in a very similar way you know you've got instead of it being kind of um you know the 60s version of the future you've actually got you know it feeling like a big deal with with earth becoming uninhabitable because of you know uh, a, a astronomical event and so they're trying to evacuate trying to find their, their way to another habitable planet and something goes awry and lost in space you know mm-hmm. title um but they in so doing uh, the updating of stuff they really handle it well. Like nothing it feels terribly contrived. Um, they have great representation for, you know, like back in the sixties, it's, you know, I mean, this part, one of the reasons Star Trek was such a big deal is some of its multiculturalness, like kind of, you know, 1960s television was pretty whitewashed, you know, but, um, <laughs> 2000 television. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, like, pretty. but, but, yeah, yeah, but no, in they... Lost in Space, one of, one of the Robinson's daughters is actually a black girl who has a different, um, who has a different, uh, pa- set of parents who they are, she's adopted by mm-hmm. the Smiths yeah. family and so, or the Robinson family. 
Um, and it's yeah, I, you called him Will Smith. Before, yeah, and I was like, sorry, is that his name? Will Robinson. Will Robinson, <laughs> not Will Smith. Now here's a little story. <laughs> See, our, it starts in Philadelphia in the 1980s. <laughs> okay, no mind. And then we're in space. Robinson. Anyway, anyway, yeah, but but it's but it but it's 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 very still still very much a family sh- family drama. Yeah, like all the yeah, and, and family uh, dynamics are all there. Well, and one of the great things is that you know also you you had something earlier too, Craig, when you said that in a way the original Lost in Space kind of was like Leave It to Beaver. I mean, like I initially bristled at like, well, it wasn't that, but yeah, in a way it kind of was because there were you know families didn't really have squabbles on TV that much unless you had your rebellious teenager, but you know, still it was your core nuclear family and they always stuck together, you know, you know worst, worst, the worst situation was like, you know, one of the kids did something wrong yeah. and then they learned a lesson by the right. end of the episode. Exactly. Well, in this, when you come into it and John and Marine, the parents um, are starting out separated and yep. they have to, and, and you find out in during the first season, some of the factors that led to that. And one of the big arcs is, can they find a way to come back together and bring the father back into the family? Or is this family unit basically forever split by the stuff that happened? And so giving that human stakes to, to, to everything, not only just the, the, you know, humanity and the earth, but also this family as the microcosm here, that's just, uh, I, I think they did a great job of it. And, um, and I also really like what they did with the robot. You know, the robot in the original show. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Floppy arms. Yeah. Big spinny things. Danger. On danger. danger. Robot, it's a danger. It's a dude yeah. in a suit. But in Everybody this, knew it. But the thing is, they really make give you an interesting different take on it here because oh, yeah. the robot is basically an alien robot. Yep. It's not something that was sent with the family to help them from from Earth. It's something they encountered on the planet that they crash on uh, at the beginning of the, yep. of the series. And it's an alien robot. And while eventually does learn how to say a couple things like danger, Will Robinson, which in a much, <laughs> much more, you know, epic voice than the original one. Um, it's, it's really a big deal when it starts to be able to communicate. Um, and one of the other things that I personally have difficulty with, and this isn't just about remakes or revivals or whatever in general, I am not a big fan of a lot of child actors, and that's not a dig on them. It's just you know, child actors are suck. are not always <laughs> that great. <laughs> but the kids in this, which I mean, most of them aren't even kids anyway. But the kid playing Will, for example, Will Robinson, very very good, very believable, very likable. Not you know precocious and over the top. Like actually a real he look he acts like a real kid. You know he's totally believable. Maxwell Jenkins. That's the actor's name. Yes, good, good actor. I Maxwell like Jenkins. Oh my god, he just ran in. Oh, save him! Stick to the plan. <laughs> Stick to the plan as he, as he charges across the planet yes. with his alien robot. With his alien robot, gets everybody killed. <laughs> so that's how the show will end. <laughs> so I, obviously, I don't really want to spoil anything, and I've just been kind of rambling about how good. Turns out, all, all along, this his is. middle name is Leroy. But basic, but but the, what I'm trying to get at here is that you know there there are there it is not uncommon in the modern era to have movie or TV franchises rebooted or like you were saying just end up with new seasons added you know years after like you have with say Arrested Development and in other years later X Files right but but in this case it was one of the better examples of it so many times you get those new versions or in stuff and it's just it doesn't have the charm of the original you lose something 
with all of that time going by. And whether that's because the actors, you know, kind of losing the character or the writing is, you know, different writing team and they're not as good or the director's different or just as lost as touch. Or they don't adapt it to right, a right. different audience, a different era. Right. So, um, well, in you, this case, it's, it's just a, a, a different and more modern and believable take on. Yeah. As opposed the to the kind of 60s, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, goody goody. Like, yeah. Oh, space. Space travel is going to be exciting. <laughs> Look we're at these gonna, people in weird clothes. Every every week, we're going to get the ship repaired and fly far enough to the next habitable planet, well, where we'll crash again. And to be to have be to fair, sit there for half an hour. One thing that the original show from the sixties did pretty well for this style of things, that even though it was relatively you know episodic, so that you, you didn't have to worry too much about missing things, there were actually some arcs they weren't always like land on a crash on a planet repair the ship and leave the same episode like there would be several episodes on the same planet and it's like it's more that this crisis has to be resolved before we can move forward well now we resolve that crisis well now we've got this new thing that has to be resolved before we can move forward well now we've got to get the fuel well now we've got to repair this component of the ship now we can finally take off yeah so that we can crash on another planet later <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, and, and the thing is, the new version is a lot less like that, too. Like in the first season, it's all, you know, there's only one planet and it's just following them trying to handle things. So. So what? Uh, what are so gents? What are some of the other shows that are, you guys know shows that, that like you've, reboots, remakes or revivals that have and done things one. particularly well or have not so well in your opinion? And have another one later. It's all so. just opinion based. kind of. Well, stuff. we've we've already pointed out that the x-files completely botched their um revival well, they botched, and then, they certainly, and then we they decided we weren't going to talk about it because it was that bad and they botched i think they botched the uh the mythology kind of based stuff yep um there's a there's a handful of of monster of the week episodes that are pretty solid actually the 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 first revival season was pretty good it was the second it was the second one that was was it season 10 season 10 was good season 11 was was bad except for the monster of the week stuff that was good all the mythology stuff they totally crapped the bed on <laughs> and the ending and it was a terrible ending yeah well both 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 of those two new seasons had terrible endings but they had a chance the the, the ending of the of the of the first revival season i liked that ending I thought it was terrible because it didn't resolve anything. It left everything up in the air. And I said, there's that's, that's just as bad of an ending as they had before, unless they have another season. And then they had another uh, season. Had I was like, season. all right, they have another season. They can fix that ending. Oh, <laughs> so the bad ending from the second season retroactively makes the up in the air ending from the first no, revival season. Bad. They're because it was bad. A second season <laughs> makes the ending of the first revival season. Okay. Because they could actually try to do something with that. Sure. But which they, they didn't. Which they, they just didn't. They just made it all a dream. <laughs> A-holes. Who shot? <laughs> they could have just. They could have just ended that season with Bobby Ewing coming out of the shower. <laughs> it's all a dream. Waka waka waka. Nobody gets that reference. Dallas. <laughs> Dallas. No. The, the the entire season of Dallas that they basically decided was a dream. I've heard of that, even though I've never seen that show. At least that was just a season, unlike St. Elsewhere, it was the entire show. Well, that they didn't. That's, that's just an ex, one explanation for it. Anyway, um, they did what they did one day at a time. Did they? Um, one day at a time. Is that what? 
What am I thinking of? Is that the right? I don't know. I mean, that's a soap opera. Is that the one you? No, were... that's um. One day at a one time. day at a time was one day at a Valerie time was Bertinelli opera, and. Yeah, yeah, on Netflix they did a couple yeah. seasons of that, um, with with um. A uh, Hispanic family, single mom, kids, grandma living with them. And then there was the Schneider character, you know, the, <laughs> the building super who was a character. Sure. And then also like her, the people she worked with, like her boss and a coworker and stuff were, I watched a few episodes of that. That was pretty solid. Was it but... called One Day at a Time? Mm-hmm. Okay. I somehow missed that entirely. Yeah. And it was, it was pretty, it was pretty good. I watched, I, I've seen a few episodes. I thought it was pretty <laughs> decent. And then uh, Netflix just canceled it. They'd got like, I think yeah. two seasons and Netflix decided, because Netflix is basically, Netflix is, Netflix has too many shows and they're canceling them all. Um, cause they, overdid it netflix like you every 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 time you go to netflix there's like oh five new shows yeah. and seven new comedy specials another one that uh another tv show that got a revival that i actually think did uh did well um and this is also not shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who knows me at all dark shadows <laughs> and um that in 1991 there was a uh a revival series green watched it. it was done by the same creator dan curtis as a matter of fact all the music was even done by the same person so it's that's the original so it, a lot of it sounds the same um the casting was spot on and excellent uh the stories were very good and then it got unceremoniously canceled right after the resolution of the 1795 time travel story so you have this massive cliffhanger about what's going to happen next and then nothing Yep. Yeah, welcome, but it was very, well, very good. It welcome was... to my childhood and college years where that <laughs> happened all the time with shows. <laughs> Things would get canceled and there'd be no resolution to something, some big cliffhanger or some big moment. I'll, that's one thing I'll props I'll give to Farscape because Farscape had a similar thing happen. It was a show that I think was on the sci-fi channel. Um, it's a really good show. Uh, I don't think, I think it flew under a lot of people's radar, but it's well worth the watch. They had four seasons, if I remember correctly, and then it got canceled. But the fourth season ender was this big cliffhanger and not like a cliffhanger that you can kind of like hand wave and go like, oh, well, it's not that big. It's a huge deal if you don't resolve the storyline that had <laughs> that happened there. So uh, with it being canceled, they ended up doing a two-part uh, movie uh, TV movie thing that sure. just wrapped up the story just so that at least you had an ending and they ended it in such a way that if like miraculously something had happened and it got picked back up, they had, they had an somewhere end, to go. but they also made it resolve pretty finally so that if that never happened, which it never did, then the story uh, satisfactorily resolves, which it does. And so I really like it. It's highly recommend Farscape. So it was a, it had a, it was a Jim Henson production it had uh, his yeah, pup, it. yeah. yeah. it's really good. I think um, I think the most successful one in my opinion is Battlestar Galactica. As far as a reboot, as far I as yeah, reboot, to watch that yeah, reboot. reboot. Oh yeah, I watched the original as a kid, but not the it's whole really thing. Good. You know, I don't have much of a memory of the original. Ignore one. the naysayers who don't like the ending or who don't like the third season. It's it's good. It's good. But what's wrong with the third season? All the religious stuff where it gets so heavy into the Cylon religion and oh. people are like, well, this is supposed to be about a show, a show about people running away from Cylons. I was like, it's never been about people running away from Cylons. <laughs> <laughs> it's been about identity and... Uh, Some people just do not see, understand how to look beneath the surface to see what the shows are actually trying to tell you. It's been, it's been about AI, AI and our, our role as creating you know artificial intelligence and I, our own you know our own identities and how we... you know get lost in that and it's uh, i mean it's it's about all that stuff 
and 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 it does at one point get about religion. It get and it's actually about religion quite a bit. Yep. It's not just when it gets heavy in the third season. It's very. It's about a lot of religion because and the, it always Cylons, was. Yeah, the Cylons have a, have a whole right right from the beginning. They have a whole thing about how like you know, the Cylon God and what they believe, but they they really hit it hard in the third season. So like I know some people kind of got pissed off about that. You know. You know. Okay. This is me stepping up on my soapbox for a second. I really, really wish that people would just kind of chill out about trying to project their own opinions as objective fact onto things. (laughs) Like when someone says, oh, the third season of given, you know, this show was awful. It's like, okay, you thought the third season of that show was awful. Whereas I watched the third season of that show and thought it was awesome. So like, you know. Yeah. I, I, I just really, you know, people have different tastes and I'm not, this is not at you guys. This I've, I've re- recently, we were started watching, um, started watching another show and somebody had expressed the opinion that the entire third season was kind of lame and the third season was not lame. <laughs> yeah. It was actually funny. I thought so. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm generally often of the opinion that the best science fiction is usually the stuff that is heavy on social commentary. Well, totally. That's what, and that on science, politics. Yeah. Science fiction is a great vehicle for telling yeah, you those can, kinds of stories. You can, you can take those stories and just kind of wrap them in a different wrapper. Yep. So it doesn't feel like you're just like watching a treatise on some like something that's going to teach you something. Like how many original like, classic Star Trek episodes were were not very thinly veiled <laughs> Social commentary, like the let that be your last battlefield. That's the one where you had two people locked in deadly mortal combat going across the galaxy. Each one of them was half black and half white, <laughs> on their, except on their skin. that it was yeah their skin. I don't mean like you know Caucasian and African American. I mean literally like black and pasty white. The difference was that one like of them a, was black, like on, a black and white cookie, black uh, on the left, and the other one was, was black, black on, on the, the right. right. And they basically it was this whole like, well, he's clearly the inferior race, and everyone outside is like, you look exactly the same. And it's like, really, <laughs> really, Star Trek? Where are well, you going with that one? What do you mean by that? That's right there. Well, let's go to Rick and Morty. That's the Rick and Morty episode where where the the there's an entire planet that's been taken over by um like a being that basically. Uh, subsumes all of their consciousnesses yeah. and basically inhabits the entire erotic assimilation people, basically inhabits all of them and then they start breaking free so they all stay they all start becoming who they were rather than being under the control of this one being and uh and they get into a fight by by um I, if i remember correctly it was the shape of their nipples yep. there's the <laughs> shape of their nipples the concentric concentric ring nippled people and the conical nippled people yep <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and it starts a race war. <laughs> and everything was much better. And that's the joke of the episode yeah. is that it was much better when this one consciousness was controlling all of you. <laughs> because when we lifted that off, you started murdering each other yep. because of the shape of your nipples. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, did that... Bad ones. Bad ones. Well, I don't know. I mean, real quick, you, you, you and Allison watched uh, Will and Grace. Yes. Yep. Pretty pretty solid, pretty good, funny. That's it's gotten Did, better. Okay. Um, the first season was a little shaky, so it was just like season, a, it was just like any new show where the first season takes a little yeah. while to kind of find their footing. Yeah, remember how it's supposed to go, or maybe up in this case, update, refine their footing. Yeah, yeah to the um, to a current audience. Season two was good. Season three is is good, and and it's the last one. They're not going beyond this one. So, sure. um, bad reboots. V. 
V. I found a list and then. Oh, you're and looking. Like, okay, well, sure. Let's let's. Hear I the loved list. V as a kid, and I know objectively, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, the original V was. <laughs> But I loved, I loved fi- it. Eighties tele- science fiction television, and we we watched the two seasons of um of the new, of the new V, and we were on board with it. Yeah, like it we were okay. like, it's okay, it's entertaining. You know, it's it's kind of dumb TV to watch, but it you know we were making time for it, and then they just canceled it. Well, I started watching it, and then like one of the first things that happens is the the supreme leader Diana um has her face appear on the bottom of her spaceship so that she can, you know, like you can see her face as she addresses the people when they arrive. I'm like, Oh, that's what the show is going to be like. (laughs) like You couldn't beam yourself into like everybody's television and onto everybody's computer and tablet. You had to have a giant face. Turn the bottom of your spaceship (laughs) into into a big big TV. (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. What else? What else is on the list for what they say are bad ones? Let's. Oh, see I, don't, I, I, I said that was a bad one. Oh, well, <laughs> well let's let's. Uh... A lot of these I haven't seen. Um, well, Arrested Development, I didn't care. Okay, now the, Arrest Arrested the, Development, the... I was one of those that didn't watch it back in the original uh, time. I only saw the first few seasons much later. Um, and so I saw those during the time when that was all there was, was just those original few seasons. And then all of a sudden it just came back. I didn't see it in any of it until it rebooted. So we watched it from the beginning mm. and watched the old seasons and then the new season. And it was like, when you got to the new season, it must've been like kind of jarring because all it of a was. sudden the format was very different. And the people very clearly, even though like zero it time was... is supposed to have passed, very clearly time has passed for the actors. Yeah. There's <laughs> Except that for Michael too, Sarah, but... He's always going to look like he's 17. It was really, obviously not as his pudge there in his neck. <laughs> serious. Look, watch the first yes, uh, season yes. and then watch like now. It's, well, the it's way worth, we binged it, it, no- it was, obvious, it was Ando- obviously not as good. Yeah, it's worth noting that, that Ando season. had very strong opinions about what Michael, Michael Sarah looks like because he has in fact written a, a love letter, letter to Michael Sarah. If you recall, literally episode. the first, first time episode. that I was here, <laughs> the first time I was on the show, we talked about Michael Sarah and the second, oh, then the time, second time you brought I'd the letter. The love letter. Well, you guys wrote love letters too because you did to Reese Witherspoon's I wrote a, yep. I wrote I wrote a sonnet to, um, to, to Reese Witherspoon's chin. chin, not with her spoon, but with, <laughs> with her chin. chin. I don't remember who you. I, I wrote a bunch of um, haiku. Was that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but to whom? I don't remember. Oh, all over the place. The point is that in a massive blast, I think it might have been to multiple things. Yeah, in a multiple. massive blast from so the past, I think past. one of them was to was to either David Duchovny or Jillian Anderson. <laughs> In a massive blast Possibly from the past, I, I, you know, full circle, come back around to once again defending Michael Sarah. That's fine. That's fine. All right, Michael. Remember, this is twice now. I'll come to your defense. Listen up, Michael. Call me. Pay attention. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see what, what, did, what did that uh, that list you had a few oh, episodes back refer to him as the like the spastic man boy or something? Man child, sure, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Dynast- like typecasting. Dynasty had a reboot. Roswell, MacGyver He's got MacGyver's got a new reboot. I haven't seen. Twenty four is one of those ones that was gone and then came back. Yeah, they brought it back with a completely legacy. different cast. Yeah, no, except for the only ca- important character. Who was that? On twenty four, who's the only important character? Jack Bauer. No, everybody was different on that. That Jack Bauer was not in Twenty Four Legacy. No. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's why it didn't continue. Okay, there you go. Oh, Roseanne. <laughs> there's a good example. Roseanne. That, <laughs> well, that, that kind that of got a, that got a serious that kind of failed because Roseanne turned well, out. <laughs> despite regardless of how Roseanne went, <laughs> like the crap, she took over some stuff and and basically got fired from the show, and then they turned it into the Connors, and Roseanne becomes the second matriarch in television history to get ousted and have the the show renamed by the for the last name of the family after Valerie became the Hogan's. The Hogan's, that's right. <laughs> Back when. Uh, when uh, what was her name? Uh, 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 Valor, uh, Valor. Uh, 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 I can't think. Crap. Yeah. She she had some kind of creative money. differences yeah, or whatever with money. The, and they said, and, oh, "We'll just dump you and we'll just have we'll, a show with the rest of the family." And we'll and bring in uh, Sandy Duncan. Yeah, Aunt, um, Aunt Glassy Eye. <laughs> um, yeah, Roseanne. Take care of the kids. But they did. The, that they was did Jason it. Bateman. Yeah. Also, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Roseanne. Yeah, they you know they advanced like a generation basically. Mm-hmm. You know the. the Roseanne and Dan's kids had kids. Mm. So they did that with Full House. But I say full, I was Fuller just House. Say Fuller yeah. House. Fuller House, the kids had kids. That. Okay, when I was a kid, we do it. Do it every generation. We'll just. When I was a kid, kids we of kids of kids my of family kids. used to watch the original Full House quite frequently. So when Fuller House came uh, came about, I was interested. I wasn't like super, you know, excited, but I was interested. And Katie May and I watched a couple of episodes, and I just could not get into it. I, I watched, just did not find it funny. I watched the first episode of Fuller House, and it had a couple of chuckles for me. And I watched it, and I went, "Yep, this is the show. This is what the show was." They brought it back, and they did the show again mm-hmm. with these characters a generation later. And for the people who like that, you know, like really you know warm friendly cozy because the, the like uh, the, the the thing that i saw i think it was was candace cameron who was being interviewed and remarked about how like she gets that the show is cheesy she mm-hmm. understands that of course but she also said the people who act in it have to know that she's she understands that and she said and the people that love the show and that talk to her and tell her how much they love the show they tell her just like the stories aren't about how like oh I laughed my ass off. This show is, they, they tell her stories about how I watched this show and I got to know this family and they loved each other. And it was really, it was a lovely thing to watch. I enjoyed that. It was sweet. It was fun. It was nice. It made me feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's what the show, you know, that's what the new show does. And that's the, if that's what you want to watch, then Hey, there you go. You got a show for it. Next files. <laughs> <laughs> the Twilight Zone. That's true. They did the Twilight Zone. Dude, Twilight Zone and Outer Limits both got uh, the new Twilight Zone. I generally so. enjoyed. There were a couple episodes that I felt kind of stinkers, but they I enjoyed it. And, what service is that on? Um, that's on CBS All Access oh. only. So I got it for the one week trial. Yeah, <laughs> watch the whole Twilight. Watch all what eight episodes of the new Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele, um, doing the narration. Yeah, we need um, to do that so we can watch Picard. And they do a, uh, there's a, there's, there's, I would say, I found it to be like, I would say like four really solid episodes, two that were okay. And then two that were kind of, mm. and they do, they do have an episode that is, does a kind of a weird meta thing that was really interesting. That's like, this mm. is something Rod Serling would have never come up with. That was nice. Like there was a real a nice twist. What did we but, but, it, but it still very much felt Twilight Zone, mm. but it wasn't something Serling ever would have done. Dallas got to redo. There's all the Star Treks, but that that's a whole episode. Let's say that's itself. Star Trek's kind of <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Veronica Mars got a new season too. That was really good. I know that a lot of people watched that and got really, really angry at the Wait, end of that so season. What? What? Veronica Mars. Oh, Veronica. They did another season on Hulu, and it was like, oh, this feels like Veronica Mars, except she's a little more grown up now. She's not in high school or college anymore. She's you know, 
young woman, you know, she's, you know, getting up there in years a little bit, but you know, like it's how many years later, so it's, you know, 10 plus years or whatever. She's, you know, she's, she's been out of college for a while. This is the point. And it, and in the episodes, it was a, like, it was a, it was a big mystery with some like little mini mysteries within it. So it felt like a season of Veronica Myers where there's an overarching story and some other little stuff. And they, they stunt cast the crap out of it and brought back a lot of the original cast and guest stars and stuff, including some of the students um, who just kind of popped up in episodes here and there. Um, and then it had, uh, it had that ending. <laughs> and some people went, and I was like, I didn't have a problem with it. <laughs> I was looking at movies and, and I haven't seen the second installment, but it, Mm-hmm. It's is a very okay. good it the 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 both both parts it chapter one and chapter now, two are excellent they're really well well done. here's well here's the thing the I a hundred percent agree on the first one the second one I think was very well acted I don't take anything away from any of the actors and I am not one of those so hardcore purists that I I like get all all up in arms about things that get changed from source material because I know any adaptation especially of you know a thousand page long novel is going to take liberties. I'm fine with that. I just think that for as interesting a villain as Pennywise slash it is in the books and could be and is portrayed as in chapter one and chapter two, he basically became a trope. In chapter two, I saw way too much of just jump scares for the sake of jump scares without it really feeling like a an interesting telling of the of the end of this tale. So I agree that it was very it was very visually striking, very well acted. I just have some issues with the directions that some of the things took storyline wise. Okay. I thought it was generally solid. The biggest issue that I actually had was with the first chapter. Hmm. Mike, you've seen the first chapter, so I'm not spoiling yep. anything on this. Was that the uh the big climax was built on the idea that Pennywise uh kidnaps Beverly, the one girl, and the six boys have to go rescue her, and I'm like they could have done that does that because they they could have done like that like the the boy has to rescue the girl like really damsel in distress. Is that how it that, is in the book? No, no, no it's, it's not. not at all. That, oh. that felt no, like a, it felt like it felt like a cliche trope. It's like yeah. they could have gotten the kids down into the sewer to fight the clown a different way than rescue the girl. Like I mean, like yeah, that's in the book. It had nothing to do with one of them getting taken down there. They were fleeing from the bully Henry Bowers and just. I mean, the, yeah, they knew that they needed to go confront Pennywise. But as far as like the catalyst that pushed them essentially into was the Henry sewers, Henry Bowers going to murder them. Basically, they were being chased in there, not going down, not being not going down in there to rescue Beverly. So yeah, no, they they that that was cheesy. I agree. That was, I agree a, that was that. a little much. I was like, yeah. they could have. Hundred different ways to get those kids into the sewer. I didn't notice it. <laughs> I just felt it was like I've seen this a million times. Once they got there and they started doing the thing, I was fine. But mm-hmm. like at the moment that it happened, I was kind of like, "Really? All right." Um, um, I w- I will say that uh, there there are some some things they twist on the characters in the second movie too that I really enjoyed. Like they, hmm. well, they they gave it, um. I don't want to give anything away. Mike, do you care? Yes. Okay. Don't give anything away. Okay, I won't. And we Suck can, it, listeners. We can talk later. We can email later. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we can listener. talk about it Go later. watch the movie and find out the things Craig's talking about yourself. And extrapolate. And, and, and Figure out what it, what it was that Craig it, was going to say. And it really doesn't mean anything unless you've also read the book. Because it was just like there were certain things that were like in the book that they could have done. But they just, you know, they just did some things differently. They like had some little character moments that were like, oh, that's a nice little something else 
different from the book. Um, is that streaming yet? Mm-hmm. It must be if you've seen it, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. I actually saw that in the theater. So, I don't know. There's there's a whole bunch. There we go. We talked about it. I guess Twin Peaks was kind of like, well, what did you, you expect from Twin Peaks? It was weird. <laughs> some people really loved the, the the revival season of Twin Peaks, and some people didn't. I've still only seen Firewalk with me. Jeez. Oh, I have not seen any seen of the... the the actual television show you've seen, original or you've seen the revival. Worst, you've seen the, the worst, worst possible worst part, part of, of Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks I could have seen. And I watched the second season. <laughs> <laughs> or the, like, let's say the second half of the second season. That's what the second half of the second season is garbage. I have not watched any of Twin Peaks. Well, you know what Twin Peaks is about, right? No, I haven't watched any of it. Like at all. Who killed Laura Palmer? Okay. You know that? No. Okay, that's what it's about. It's a murder mystery. Okay. FBI agent comes to a small town who killed Laura Palmer. Well, they eventually solve that. But I take it not in a satisfactory way? Well, they solve it just fine. <laughs> and then they had no idea what to do with the show. <laughs> you know, that is one thing that I think uh, is, you know, it's that really difficult thing when you've got a show that relies a little bit too much on a gimmick. And I'm going to, I don't want to throw under the bus this show because I genuinely liked it even even the final couple of seasons that had to by nature drift away a bit. But one of the shows that kind of struggled with this was prison break because the first season of prison break is about breaking out of prison. And now what do we do? (laughs) There were four seasons, I think, or maybe three or four. Four sounds right. But so, so how do you deal with it? Like there, they found some ways. Like I, 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 I know they ended up in prison again. Well, different, char- <laughs> like different characters each season. Different characters were in prison, and different characters were trying to help the ones who were in prison get out of prison. So basically, and then it, the ones that helped that got, first got time caught. ended up got got caught and went to prison, and then the ones that they got out had to go help them get out of prison and, and stuff like that. Like, well, I mean, in the second season, one of the guards from the first season, it wasn't to help him get out. Just because they got out, he was sort of like got thrown under the bus because they got out under his watch. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I, like I said, I genuinely like the show. Even the later seasons that were kind of less about truly that whole prison break thing, that was imagine, honestly a great show. I imagine really if that show it. went for like, you know, 20 seasons like Bonanza. It's like, well, nah. how are they gonna, what kind of prison are they going to end up in this time? <laughs> how are they going to get out? Have you seen that show Prison Break? <laughs> yeah? No. What, what, uh, what's it all about? It's about these guys that break out of a different prison every so year. T- so it takes them like 20 years to break out of prison? No. No, no, no. They do it every year. <laughs> they do it every week. Yeah, every every week. week they're in a new prison. <laughs> They've broken out of literally almost every prison you got, you got on like the planet. Two characters that are breaking out of a prison each episode every week. It's like, <laughs> it's like Quantum Leap where you only have the two characters that recur. <laughs> Got a whole new cast, yeah. whole new sets. Just at a different prison every time. Anyway, um, do we have anything else to talk about, or is that an episode? I think that's it. Um, yeah, there's a there's a Kickstarter going on still. You want to go check that out? Go see how the uh, Capers Deluxe hardcover Kickstarter is doing. <sighs> well, and I've uh, I've going to continue now hopefully now it will the the updates on shadows of a dark past will be coming shorter and shorter now it hopefully won't be like five six months before the next time i post something so checking out uh our facebook page for the shadows of a dark past that's going to be important because we're going to start getting more and more updates in there so just do the thing do the thing like the page (laughs) you haven't already press the button like the page 
What's this? Dolby Sorrento? to find himself trapped in the past. Oh. <laughs> facing mirror images that were not his own. And driven by an unknown force to change They need to reboot the this. Better. His only guide on this journey is Al. I love this show. Time, who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see. I forgot there was this much, much exposition in the opening theme. It's a time travel show. They need to do explain what was going on every episode. <laughs> That's just this quantum leap? Yeah. Never oh. It's got a cool theme song, too. Very not, 80s theme song. God, this is 80s. Yeah. And it's only got two recurring characters. So you know this is a lot of snippets of episodes with a lot of supporting cast for the, from that episode and a lot of Scott Bakula. <laughs> because he's like, he's the only, like, he's in damn near every scene. Yeah. Um, Doing very well acting opposite a supporting character in a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> in literally every episode. Well, he looks into a mirror and yeah. sees the other person. <laughs> yeah. The person he's, he's, he's leapt, leapt into. into. Yeah, that was a good show. Fun show. That would... Uh, given that it's effectively a multi-period piece, because it just... It you could curved. get away with that now. You could... Well, it, he was limited it, it supposedly holds, holds, to his own lifetime. That's true. But it, they, but it they holds, found ways to play around with that. It holds up now because it's not <clears> dated to like the era that it was made, it's dated to like all the different eras he jumps yeah, like to, which is just historic. The 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, yeah. the 80s. Yeah. They managed to, to break that rule occasionally. They broke mm-hmm. it. Yeah. They found creative science fiction-y ways to do that. Anyway, go watch Quantum Leap. Maybe Wherever you can re- find that. Oh, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. It's pro- nothing else. It's probably on Tubi. <laughs> Can't stream better off dead. <laughs> on iTunes. You can probably find it elsewhere. I don't know. Anyway. And oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> well, wow. I actually I felt a wave of gratitude washed over me. Well, thank you guys for having me on the show. You know, this is one of my favorite things to to, to do with my off time. You know, I, I, I enjoy coming in, shooting the shooting the burger with you guys. <laughs> shooting, the burger? shooting the burger. I don't know. I <laughs> Grill, grilling the burger, <laughs> grilling shooting the, the burger, <laughs> shooting the burger. Uh, well, my... we we enjoy burgering with you <laughs> and uh, auditioning for bit parts in my yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you don't have the part by now, Mike, you're just quit overselling it. You're just making a nuisance of yourself. <laughs> Mike, where can they find us? They can find us at nerdburgershow.com, at nerdburgershow on the Twitters and the Facebook. Email us, nerdburgershow at gmail.com. And uh, they can find me at theamazingando.com and also follow me on facebook.com slash theamazingando and also my podcast at facebook.com slash S-O-A-D-P podcast uh, or just email me at andovalentine at gmail.com. Craig? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can go to nerdburgergames.com for game stuff. You can go to drivethroughrpg.com to purchase some of those games. And um, the Kickstarter's still going on, so grab yourself a shiny, pretty version uh, hardcover of Capers. <laughs> on the next episode of Nerdburger, Mike and Craig start naming the episodes by the number. <laughs> because we are never, ever going to top Candalingus.
<laughs> Nerdburger 359. Just 359. By the way, that has to be the episode title. <laughs> what does? Candelingus. Oh, no, yes, I know. Of course. <laughs> I, I, it seemed like we were all in agreement there, oh, so that's, totally. why I, that's why I went with that outro. It seems that we are not all in agreement. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs>